Squad Radio, the music you want. With your host, Dee Dan. RadioWhat.com. Yes! What's up, party people? It's Keys Dan with RadioWhat.com, DJLittleRock.com, coming to you live and in living color from the Radio What studios. And this is my podcast, What Makes You Famous. It's an extension of the RadioWhat.com internet radio station that I've been running for quite some time. And if you need DJ services, where do you go? DJLittleRock.com. Check availability and get a free price quote. Today on the program, so excited, Patrick Lafice, the Southern Fellow, looking forward to talking to him. What makes Patrick Lafice a Southern Fellow? You get to find out more about that in your ears coming up real soon. This week's shows, (laughs) well, due to the novel COVID-19 coronavirus, there are no public shows. And, well, as of this week, no private shows. So it's going to be podcast after podcast after podcast for you and me. (laughs) You'll get to hear my voice in your ears all the time. So please hit the subscribe and listen to yours truly, Keys Dan, in your ears. All right, party people. It's time to get into it with Patrick LaFice, the Southern Fellow, calling Patrick LaFice now. Fellow is Patrick. Patrick LaFils? LaFice. LaFice, the Southern fellow. Way French. Ah, way it's French. Rare. See, now that takes care of one thing right off the bat is where's the <laughs> etymology of that name? And, and the Southern fellow. I like that. It's Keys Dan with the What Makes You Famous podcast. How you doing, man? How you doing, Dan? Man, doing good. Oh, I'm doing so fabulous. Give the people a little idea of who Patrick LaFice uh the Southern fellow is. Well, um, I'm just, a, uh, I'm just, just a guy like everybody else, you know, but, um, um, everybody I've, been, else? Uh, <laughs> I've been a trained chef and, uh, um, started this thing called, uh, Southern fellow, uh, two years back. And, uh, my family also has a ranch here, um, in Florida. Yeah. You're, you're in, in Volusia uh, County. Yeah. You're in North central Florida, central North Florida, North central Florida. What do they call that? Or what part of Florida? Uh, North central Florida, I guess. North central Florida. Cause I'm from South Florida yes, sir. and North central Florida to me, whenever I traveled up there for weddings or various events, or I even did fire college up there in, uh, uh, oh, was it Ocala, uh, Ocala, Florida. So I, I, it always felt to me like that was more of the South. And if you go to South Florida, which is West Palm Beach, which is more Southern geographically, it's not the South. It's more, there's more, more of a Yankee feel in South Florida than there is in North Central Florida. So I, I could yeah, feel you been being. been the past 50 years. Yeah. I could feel you being <laughs> the My Southern great, great grandparents had a big, um, uh, big dairy in um, uh, Miami way back when. Okay. Now, yes, before 1980. Uh, I guess the, uh, when the, uh, I guess the, well, when drugs came to uh, Miami <laughs> before 1980, uh, the South Florida was part of, of, of the other part of Florida. It was more of a sleepy town, uh, more, uh, you know, relaxed. People would go there to, 
to retire and to yeah, live out the rest of their down. days. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But then, you know, when drugs came in, there was a lot of money, a lot of cars being bought, a lot of banks. It just, it, the buildings got higher. And it exploded. It, it just yeah. exploded. It really did. So, uh, you know, you didn't feel that in your part of Florida. So you're, you're growing up in the, the Northern central Florida. What, what exact city? Uh, Osteen. Osteen. <laughs> Tell people what Osteen is. What's that all about? Um, it's, um, just North of, uh, Sanford, just South of, uh, Daytona beach. Um, it's a small town. Um, my family's been there for, uh, a long, long time and that's where our ranch is. And, and everything on um, both sides of my family. Um, my mom's side has been in Florida since the 1850s. And my uh, father's side has been in Florida since the 1870s. Wow. You got roots like an oak tree, man. You could, you can get your family tree all the way back to almost the civil war. <laughs> what, what, do you, do you know where they were previous to that? Or, or if anybody, uh, was actually involved um, in the Civil War. What did they? What did they do? Uh, yeah, way we've, back then? we've we've had, especially my mom's side. We've had a few people, um, and um, a, a strange thing, you know, I'm a um, a white guy. Not that that matters, but it matters in the case of this story. Uh, my dad's side actually um, came from France and then went to um, Southern Georgia and started a um, started a ranch over there from uh, just south of Paris. Um, they moved to uh, Southern Georgia. And uh, they actually got burned out uh, by the KKK for being Catholic. And that's what pushed my dad's side here to Florida. Oh, my word. See, I didn't realize that. I know that the KKK started just after um, just after the Civil War. They really got mm-hmm. going strong. And, and I know, man, there's a big KKK faction in Indiana. I just heard that recently. But, uh, you know, and I guess growing up in Fort Lauderdale in the in the Broward County area, we had a little idea that there was that that faction that, but it really wasn't uh, in its heyday. I guess the 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 heyday of that uh, was in the in, in the early nineteen uh, hundreds. But uh, your family yeah, actually and it, got it picked up in the you know the, between the fifties and the eighties, and it's kind of um, you know they're a little bit more open. But now you know they're a little, you know a lot of those groups are just just quiet. They're still there. They're still going strong, but you know they're. They're not as out in the open as they used to be. Yeah, but your family actually had uh, had inc- had uh, uh, battlings with them. <laughs> they got burned out and sent uh, sent packing, sent south. I mean, that's uh, yeah, correct. That's a family history in itself. I mean, do you, uh, do they did they bring anything from France that they were able to save? And do you have any family heirlooms that that you were able to keep? Um, no, not not really. Um, we still, um, I still have some family members over there, you know, thankfully for, uh, you know, social media and stuff like that. You know, we got to connect with some of the people um, that still live over there. That's an amazing, amazing story of, of triumph over tragedy uh, for your family. That's, uh, that's that, that, you know, that you weren't even around then, but that still is in your DNA, you know, that they went through that hardship. So, all right, uh, as uh, going forward through the Lafies, uh, you know, and hopefully I'm pronouncing that properly. It's, pronounce it one more time and I'll, I'll probably get it right. It's Lafies, like love, love, like L.A. and then like, you know, fee, like the word fee with an S on it, Lafies. Fantastic. Patrick Lafies, the Southern Fellow. That's who I'm talking to, uh, you know, and, and I'm 
from finding out that that your your father's side was from France. You got that lineage. Is that right? Yeah, correct. And then yes, your sir. your mother's side, where did that come from? The, her lineage? Uh, they're from Great Britain. Okay. That area. All right. So what did you get from what did you get from mom's side? Uh not not too much. Um um, you know, they they were kind of the uh poor working class, you know, pretty much um um you know, all the way through uh do you know what today, brought, I guess you could say yeah, but, do you know but, what um, brought her family uh to the United States? Um, no, not exactly. You know, I think just like everybody back in those times were just looking for something more, something better. Opportunity. And that's what you get here in the yeah. US of A is opportunity. Uh, you could be anything you want. I fully believe that. I really do. If you work hard at it, you could be anything you want. Uh, you know, uh, because yeah, okay, in England, and I know I've talked to uh, some people from the UK, uh, there is a class system. And, you know, whatever class you were born into is probably the class you're going to die, uh, uh, die at in England. And that's, man, it's, it's still, for the most part, that way. There seems to be like they're trying to change, get more opportunities, but uh, whew, I mean, the people that I've talked to over there. And, and so what, did you bring any, any family heirlooms down the line? Did you get any, anything from the, the British uh, side, the, the UK side? Uh, no, not really. Not really. Um, especially because, you know, everybody was moving around quite a bit back then, but uh, um, it's just, um, you know, both, both families, you know, didn't, didn't come from, you know, the type of money, you know, type of, uh, you know, uh, layer of life that uh, could uh, could do something like that, you know. But Patrick Lafice, whatever they got, they got it here in the USA. They yeah. really, you're, you're, what you're kind of leading me to believe is that they didn't, they didn't come with much, but what they made, they made it here. And, and you know, so how was the family growing up in Osteen, Florida, small town life, Mister Southern Fellow? It, it was good. Uh, we grew up on, um, you know, I grew up on a 3,000 acre ranch and, um, you know, we, we did all that, grew up working hard, um, doing that type of stuff, um, with, with my dad and, you know, parents and uncles and everything, you know, my, my dad was the oldest of eight kids. So, wow. um, uh, we got, we got a pretty big, uh, family, um, an extended family and, uh, we get together once a month. And a lot of, most of the family still lives here. So we get together once a month in our grandparents' house and there's still about uh, 65 people. <laughs> once a month. I mean, I'm guessing it's an outdoor thing. It's got to be outside with the barbecue. Yeah, my, my grandparents got a pretty big, big house. But yeah, some of it's outside, some of it's inside. And, you know, not everybody shows up every month. So, you know, it, it just depends. That's pretty good size. It's nice to have your family close. I, I've said it many times that... Uh, Family are the people that are probably going to back you up more often than not. Uh, so it's good to keep your family tight. And I'm glad you have that, Patrick Lafice. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So, grow. all right, what were your courses of interest in in school and, and the like growing up as a as a young Southern fellow? Um, uh, my big thing was uh, FFA, which used to be Future Farmers of America. Yeah. Um, I did that through middle school and high school. And then, uh, the year after, um, my, uh, high school year, my senior year, I was elected the area three state FFA vice president, which is basically, um, you know, central Florida. I was in charge of the, uh, 
all the chapters in Central Florida. Wow, Patrick. Um, if you're going to do it, do so, it all the way. Good job. Can't <laughs> do that. No, and you grew up on a, on a 3,000 acre ranch. Tell me, get, take me through a typical day. Did you have chores that you had to do before school? Is it the, the, the typical, what you see on Little House of the Prairie? You, you get up and, and you're milking cows or, or slopping no, pigs? it's a little bit more, uh, it's a lot easier than the Little House on the Prairie days. <laughs> uh, still not that easy, but uh, no, um, uh, no, it's, um, you know, it had a lot to do with, uh, you know, especially during the winter months, we feed cows um, on the regular, so we feed cows, you know, here in Florida, it rains and uh, has warm enough temperature, you know, we get plenty, plenty of grass, you know, during spring and summer and some of the fall, you know, so, um, you know, actually feeding cows is not that difficult, but, you know, we work cows, feed cows, uh, used to bale a lot of hay, sell a lot of hay. Um, that was one of our badge of honors was baling hay because, you know, we used to put up, you know, a couple thousand bales at 30 pounds a piece. And actually the, uh, local high school, Local, the two local high schools used to send their uh, the football coaches used to send their uh, uh, football players there because we used to be like, hey, during the summer. So when school school was out, uh, the football coaches used to send uh, the, the the players to my dad. You know, you know, while y'all are out during the summer, you know, you go see Mr. Lafitte and and bail some hay, you know, to stay in shape. So, um, well, you're um, you're a good storyteller, Patrick Lafitte, because you're already <laughs> answering the next question I was going to ask. Was Patrick Lafise doing all this work by himself? No, he had the whole football team helping him out. Did you have any brothers oh, and yeah, sisters and in the family? It was the whole family. You know, my my whole family is involved, and uh, you know, has been involved as uncles and cousins and and all that stuff. You know, to kind of uh, uh, distribute the workload, so to speak. So, so this is a real we all working have a ranch thing that we do, and it's still going strong right now. Yes, sir. Yep. What's, what's the name of that, that ranch? It's just uh, Lafice Ranch. Lafice Ranch. And do people buy uh, animals and, and products and hay and other no, things from um, Florida is, is mostly known for what we call a cow-calf operation, and that's basically what we do. And uh, we basically um, um, breed cows down here. And uh, we get the calves to a certain um, weight or age, and normally about um, uh, June they go to the market, and then they get shipped out west where it's a little bit cooler, and we actually ship them out to where the groceries are at, um, you know, where the corn and wheat and soybean and all that stuff is grown, you know, and that's that's what finishes them off. Wow. I mean, people that think that, uh, hey, where, do, where does uh, steak come from? Uh, oh, that comes from your local Publix, your local uh, uh, Piggly Wiggly, your Kroger. Uh, nope, it comes. Yeah. Uh, some of it comes from Lafitte's Ranch. Wow, some of it does. Yeah, man, that's an amazing way to grow up. I, I mean, you're either gonna be strong or or just fall fall apart. You, you got you have to. Well, it's one some, of those things that uh, it doesn't seem amazing when you're doing it. You know, it doesn't seem uh, like a fond activity when you're doing it. But you know, kind of once you grow up and kind of look back on it. And, uh, you know, see the way that, you know, other people grew up, you, re- you really appreciate it. Yeah. It helped you. To, it helped to make you the, the man you are today. I mean, I, I only had some summer jobs at the Barbie ranch in Davie, Florida. Uh, hopefully it's still there. And, and pretty much all well, I did was, was, uh, uh, clean horse poop and, uh, 
and and brush horses. And that was just like one summer I did that. And it, it gave me an appreciation well, I had that for what too they when did. I was in high school because, you know, my family, you know, uh, we didn't get paid. Us as a kid, you know, we, we didn't get paid. You know, the, the football players and, you know, our friends that helped, especially during the summer, be like, hey, they all got paid, you know. <laughs> and, you know, we'd complain to our dad, you know. My dad would be like, you know, didn't mom cook you supper last night? And we're like, yeah, yeah. He's like, you got a roof over your head? Yeah. Okay, well, we're going to call it even then. You know, uh, so that's the way we grew up. Oh and, man! Uh, <laughs> Come on, Patrick. You need a you need a better union. <laughs> <laughs> but so I I, I bag groceries uh, part time at, at the local Win Dixie. Yeah. And uh, Mr. Gibson, who was the manager at the time, was real good friends with my dad. So um, if my dad needed me, my dad would come pick me up at Win Dixie and <laughs> go to work to the work that I didn't get paid for, which was terrible, you know, because if you're thinking about you know, going on a date or going out with friends, you know, you need, you need that cash, you know, <laughs> when your dad's picking you up, it's kind of cutting into your cash. Oh, how's young Patrick going to get his spending money? <laughs> oh, the Southern fella <laughs> needs to pay for his, his lovely lady, you know, to make sure that, that yeah. he, he, you know, cause you got to treat her right. You know, I, all right. We're going to delve into, uh, 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 your avenues of, of expertise. And, and you say you're a, a trained cook. Uh, when did that start happening? Um, that happened, it started happening in 2002. I think I went to started culinary school. When did you graduate no high school? Experience. 2000. 2000. So by 2002, you already knew what you wanted to be when you grew up? You wanted to be a chef? Yeah, that's what I had in mind. No, no restaurant experience whatsoever, but you know, <laughs> I was like, let me try culinary school. Yeah. I mean, you, you knew what, at least you knew some of the ingredients. Uh, you had, you had some cow and <laughs> what, what other animals well, did you have on that? Well, that, on that and ranch? growing up from a big family, I've always enjoyed cooking, you know, and growing up with a family, you know, I'm used to cooking for, you know, 65, 100 people on the regular, <laughs> you know, so, you know, I may not have, you know, had traditional restaurant experience, but, I did have, you know, some experience. Patrick LaFice, you had plenty of experience. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Cooking for 65 people at least once a month. And, and then how, how big was the regular family that you that you had in the house uh, daily? Uh, there was only five of us. Only five. That's plenty. That's a lot of people. Uh, you, know? <laughs> you already alluded yeah. that you were uh, Catholic and uh, generally, I mean, uh, what is it? Uh, typically and stereotypically. Uh, Catholics have yes. larger families. Big families, yeah. <laughs> uh, be my, fruitful and um, multiply. What really, started, what really started me cooking is uh, um, pretty much about when I started high school. My mom actually went back to went back to school uh, to get her nursing degree. So uh, it was me and my own older brother, you know, kind of you know figuring out what it was for dinner. And um, you know, a big thing around my house is uh, uh, fried chicken. You know, homemade fried chicken, not you know KFC or anything like that. So um, we did that. And, um, if you've ever made, um, homemade gravy and when we do fried chicken, we make a milk gravy. Um, but you start with a roux, you know, you start with butter or some sort of fat and flour and, uh, you know, you cook that a little bit and then you start adding your whatever liquid, whether it be chicken stock milk or whatever. And uh, I remember the first time me and my brother, uh, attempted to make gravy and, uh, we did a good job, but. It started from a little bit and we put too much root, you know, we added too much flour, too much root to it. And it ended up being like, you know, almost like two gallons of gravy by the time we got done, you know, to the right consistency. Uh, so, you know, 
it's well, just one of those funny stories that you look back on. Oh, for sure. And I hope to hear a lot of those, man. And first of all, yay mom for being a nurse. What did she do previous to that while you kids were in the house? Well, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to backtrack a little bit because, you know, my, my parents, um, had a really good, uh, a romance story, but not in a, a typical way. Um, Ooh, tell me everything. My parents got, my ter- parents got mar- married in the, uh, late seventies and, um, three, I can't remember if it was three or four months after my parents got married. Um, my dad was involved in a horse accident, accident working cows and, uh, he ended up paralyzed from the neck down. Wow. And, um, you know, back in those days and a lot of people, you know, told my mother, you know, um, you know, it'd be easy for you, you know, you only got three months into this, you know, it's easy for you to kind of, you know, back out and, you know, do something with your life is what a lot of people said, you know, and, but, um, she ended up, um, staying married to my dad and, uh, he passed away about nine years ago, but, uh, he lived about 20 years longer than what the, uh, doctors told him he would. That says a lot about your, your mom and your dad that they stuck together but your your mom you know a trooper it had to be a, a hardship for for her and probably the rest of the family to take care of of a quadriplegic i mean but was he able to uh to to have uh some kind of of quality of life and teach you something oh, yeah yeah he was able to um uh too much so <laughs> too much more than some of those kids wanted but uh 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 he was able to drive his truck around and he was kind of the the manager for the ranch and that type of thing. And, uh, Drive uh, his truck around with only, wait, he was paralyzed from the neck down with quadriplegic. But he was able to move his arms and he wasn't able to move his fingers, but he was able to move his arms and elbows and that type of stuff. Amazing. See, that says a lot about his, his will to live, his will to do, to be a, an upstanding member of society, not be a burden on anybody. That is beautiful. But some people would just chuck it all and give it up. You know, <laughs> so uh, your yeah, dad, your dad was side, special. my mother's side and my dad's side. Yeah, <laughs> yeah your sure. dad's a very special man. And then uh, mom, you know, being a trooper. And so she took care of your dad for the most part. And then she went back to school and became a nurse. She's still doing yep. that. Uh, she just retired two months ago. Wow. That's fantastic. What kind of nursing did she do? Uh, she was a hospice nurse. Hospice. Now that is difficult being with people the last days of their life. My mom, she was a nurse and I was a, a, a EMT paramedic uh, in, in South Florida. And let me tell you, she, you know, I, I did emergency room uh, as well, but hospice, man, that's, that seems so tough. That is very telling of your mom that she takes care of people and she took care of you guys. You had a, a what is it? A brother and a sister or a couple brothers or you said you had, five yeah, I had a brother family. and sister, correct. Yep. An older brother and a younger sister, older brother, younger sister. How, how'd you, uh, you could brag on them. Uh, how's your older brother? Uh, he's doing good. You know, uh, growing up, he was a regular older brother. Of course he was, my sister's only a year younger than me, but my brother's six years older than me. Mm-hmm. Um, so were you the so, tag along? Uh, I want to be like you. Yeah, he was, he was definitely the, the bigger brother. Um, for sure. Did he take care um, of you? Yeah, I mean, we we had a, we, I mean, we still have a really good relationship, you know. Um, you know, being being close to your family sometimes a blessing and sometimes <laughs> something else. But uh, <laughs> I know I have a little brother; he's three and a half years younger, and we fought in the in the yard. Well, I mean, if we started to, to have a tussle in the house, my mom would definitely open that front door and kick us out to the front yard. Go finish that up out there. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's yeah. Well, we never did fight too, too much. But, wow. That's um, great. Um, we, we, you know, we, 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 we pretty much got along. And were you very, uh, uh, protective of your younger sister? How's she doing? No, cause she grew up on a ranch too. She was, she was pretty, uh, inept to, to handle situations. That's true. She'd <laughs> be the anything. girl that said that she would be the girl that would say, ah, I could handle myself. I grew up with brothers. <laughs> I grew yeah, up on a she, ranch. You know, she, she used to, you know, bail hay with us and, you know, all that type of stuff too. So, you know, she was, she was, she, she was always capable of handling her, handling her own. And plus, you know, all three of us, we all enjoyed kind of doing the same things and we were all kind of involved in the same thing. So, um, I don't know if that was by design for my parents to make their life easier or, <laughs> you know, that was a natural progression of things, but, uh, well, parents that's know that's why we have kids so they can do our chores for us <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and take care of us when we get old. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's good, man. It's nice that you have a tight family. You got to, you know, good um, um, parents that, that loved you and, and, and you grew up strong, man. You grew up working, working hard. And then you got out and you went to culinary school. Which, which school did you go to? Uh, just a local community college, DBCC. DBCC. Uh, good school. What they teach you in there? Yeah, it was a good school and, um, you know, had, had, had a good time and um, got out and started working in restaurants and uh, learning how hard um, that was. Well, you can <laughs> give uh, shout outs, uh, you know, give to the, the, the first restaurant that gave you your big break, Patrick Lafice. Hey, I want to work. I want to cook. <laughs> well, um, I mean, I, I worked at a, um, a, a few places, you know, back then everybody was working, you know. You, you change restaurants more than you change underwear. But, uh, um, well, you were talking about um, fried chicken. I did chicken. have a I, good run at a, a place called, um, when I first started, it was called Sisters. Sisters. And then we turned it into Cecil's after the owner's um, last name. But I became the executive chef there. And that was a place where I really could be a chef. And, you know, I could design the menu and, and um, really make things my own. And that was the first place that allowed me to do that. Wow, that's fantastic. What year was that? Uh, 2005, somewhere in there. Wow. So pretty much fresh out of culinary school. How long did culinary school take? Just two years. Two years learning how to cook. And you, you did, well, I mean, what you get the basics. I mean, I, I could fry eggs. I worked at KFC and learned how to cook a fried chicken. You know, the, I, I looked at the bag because I wanted to see what the uh, herbs and spices were. It says monosodium <laughs> glutamate, salt and pepper, yeah. herbs and spices doesn't tell you what it is but i learned yeah. how to, i learned um, how to fry chicken and you said about gravy we used we used to use the cracklings uh to make gravy and i'm guessing that's something that you did you did you learned yeah i mean gravy can make, be made um, um different ways you know obviously with culinary school you learn to make everything you know the the, the, the classic french way um is the way they teach you in, in culinary school Huh. And still to this day, you know, I went to culinary school and still to this day, you know, I try to um, educate my mother on, on cooking and uh, sometimes it doesn't uh, fare too well for me. Well, you know, she's but, the, uh, she's in the British side, the UK. They're not known for their food, <laughs> bub. <laughs> no, she's no, she, my mother's always actually been a, a real good cook, but, oh, you know, good. she's a Southern cook, you know, not, not necessarily the classic uh, French uh, Escoffier way. Okay. Well, I mean, you hear about culinary school, 
And man, you always uh, coincide them with the French. And you already had that genetics in the background. So it is when you go to culinary school, it is the French way. Is that is that the best food in the world? French? No, it's just um it's just the um classical way to uh to do it. You know, it's just like um, you know, going to an art program or ballet program or something like that, you know. There's there's some fundamentals that you have to learn. And a lot of uh cooking involves, you know, the the French fundamentals. That's cool. I mean, what are the French uh-huh. fundamentals? I mean, do you remember any of that classic training? I know it's been a little while. You, you, you've been in the game already. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's a, there's the sauces and there's there's that type of stuff, and um, it's basically it's, it's a, as much. It seems complicated to people on the outside, but when you learn it, it's very basic, and then you can take those basic things and turn it into. Things that are completely different. Man, that's amazing. Like a bechamel sauce. Okay, so, a bechamel sauce is kind of like a cream sauce, and that could be the base for uh, chicken alfredo. Huh. That could be the base for um, macaroni and cheese. Huh. Okay, you know? like a like a white sauce then, like a cheese, a white. Fundamentally, cheese sauce? it's the same, but just by changing, you know, a few ingredients. Um. You know, it becomes different things. Man, that's amazing. And it's just your little touches, your little additions and subtractions that make it your own. So when Sisters turned into Cecil's, you know, at Sisters, I'm guessing you were the cook or the the short order cook or the assistant? No, um, they they changed shortly after. They were kind of like um, a brunch, lunch type of restaurant Uh um, when I first took over. And then um, when I took over, we started doing um, lunch and, and fine dining dinners. So what what's on the menu when uh, when you're preparing for Cecil's? And you know, does it change every so often, or or did you come up with a menu and and um, get it printed? Yeah, it, up? it changed quite a bit. It changed. Huh. Um, you know, I try to keep things seasonal. You know, I always went to uh, there's a um, uh, it was in the in the land the restaurant, but. Um, um, I used to go to a local produce place in the land, you know, and see what's seasonal um, and that type of thing. Um, but, our, our, you know, we had some big sellers that were um, our steaks because we dry-aged them in-house, and that was back before it was cool. <laughs> and uh, uh, we did uh, shrimp and grits kind of back before that was cool, too. Wow, you were country huh. before country was cool. <laughs> Southern <laughs> fellow. yeah. No, that's fantastic, and you were able to use your creativity and and put it into your food. It it becomes an art, and, and what Cecil's sounds like it was uh, it was it French cuisine or was it you know just was a Southern food? No, it was everything. It's more American. It was American. Uh, not really French. It was um, just good fine dining American food, just very fresh. Fantastic. Is it is Cecil still around? No, um, they ended up uh, retiring. Um, uh, and then what did after you do? A couple years. Oh my goodness! You're two years as a as the head chef, the executive chef, the boss in the back. And, and what do you do? What do you do now? Cecil's closing. <laughs> well, um, then I started. Um, I had a, a catering company for a bit, 
Oh, cool. What kind of uh, events did you do? Um, just uh, all sorts of events, but, mo- but most of my events were just small private functions and um, um, the people that wanted something specific, something special. You know, I didn't do too many big weddings or anything like that. It was mostly um, um, small functions that, you know, that people wanted the best and they were willing to pay the best. So um, it just worked out for everybody. Oh, I like a good get together. I mean, I definitely do weddings and parties and birthdays and stuff like that on the DJ side, but the food is very important. And somebody that cares about their food is so important for a function because you're going to remember that, that, that food that you taste at that event is going to become part of your memory. And, and you, Patrick Lafice, you're making those memories, man, making people uh, remember the good times in their lives, uh, having a good yeah, meal um, with friends and family. So uh, did you have a, the, chef, did you, though, the weddings were nightmares. <laughs> ah, so did you have a, a car? Did you have a, uh, like a food truck or did you have a trailer that you prepared stuff in? No, I just had a, um, uh, a friend of mine let me use his commercial kitchen and, um, we did it that way. Sometimes the parties were so small that I just cooked at the um, house that I was, uh, you know, uh, doing the catering for. Wow. It's good to have friends that have commercial kitchens. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, well, I actually had um, one of my uh, good customers. He um, was redoing his house and, you know, he called me up and he's like, uh, well, we're redoing the kitchen. He's like, what do you need? And I'm like, what do you mean what I need? He's like, well, you cook here all the time, you know, tell me what you need. So, you know, I was kind of able to kind of design my dream kitchen in his house. Man, you're so, a superstar. You know, That's fantastic. They're, they're working around you. They know they're going to have events with the Southern fellow out there, Patrick Lafice. <laughs> and yeah, they, he, they build he, he their kitchen to, about twice a month. to your specs. Really? Oh, that's respect, man. That is definitely respect. And so, all right. So I'm guessing, all right, see this. 2007 i'm thinking this around 2009 when you start doing your catering i'm just trying to get the timeline down yeah uh-huh and then how long do you do the catering before something else happens um well i pretty much did that for 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 a while um and then uh a friend of mine he was uh involved in the cigar industry he actually made the the cigar labels for premium cigar companies Sounds like a Florida thing to do. Uh, is, was he a Cubano man? Um, no, he he was from Honduras, but Honduras. Uh, he, he, they he, make good he had a big he had a big uh, printing company that made a lot of the um, high end cigar bands for for premium cigar companies. And so you know, just to be friends with me, you know, he was, he would go visit these you know cigar companies like, hey, you want to go along, you know, and do that type of thing, and uh, you know, talk to these guys, smoke some cigars you know, have a good time. And, you know, I used to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I used to, you know, meet with all these people that own, you know, cigar companies and, you know, big companies like Fuente and, and, uh, JC Newman, well, Fuente and JC Newman, kind of the same company, but, you know, I used to visit big companies and, um, uh, started talking to uh, a guy and, uh, he was like, you should get in the cigar business. And I'm like, no, I don't know that much about cigars you know i smoke them every now and then you know i enjoy them yeah you know and uh that's that's you know that's far from you know my knowledge you know area yeah we're talking about smells you can learn you can learn you can learn and i'm like you know so he pushed me about three times and then 
And then finally, he's like, uh, no, I, I want you to start. And uh, this is Kiki Burger, uh, Don Kiki Cigars. I'm out of Miami. Uh, he, he passed away a few years back, but you know he kept pushing me, pushing me, and uh, finally he's like, you know, he's like, you're gonna start the cigar business today. He's like, I'm gonna give you about ten thousand cigars, and uh, you just pay me when you sell them. <laughs> so, were you distributing them up in uh, North Central Florida, in the Deland area, somewhere around um, there? So I started my cigar company called Common Roots. Wow. What? And that was like uh, 2010, maybe. Yeah, around that time. And so I started um, um, selling cigars. I started making manufacturing and, and selling premium wholesale premium cigars. You know, to cigar shops and uh, Cigar International, which is a big uh, cigar company, uh, uh, catalog company. Um, they're like one of the biggest retailers of cigars in the world. Yeah, but that, um, I that, started selling cigars. Patrick, that's a traditionally manly thing to do. And you're and talking about smells. You know, you originally went with the smells of food and how that creates memories. I never smoked cigars, but the smell of a cigar can bring back memories. I remember my grandfather, my uncle, and various men that I looked up to in my life would be smoking cigars, and just it, the smells uh, would would give me various feelings. You know. And, and thoughts. And if I smell that same cigar right now, I would remember those times mm-hmm. hanging out with my, you know, my older, the older men that in my life that taught me things. So you're helping, uh, once again, more memories and, and smell sensory memories. Uh, I mean, and you say you yeah, smoke, and, and you smoke a cigar every once making, in a while. Making premium cigars is kind of like, um, you know, creating a recipe that, I mean, that's basically what it is. You're, you know, you're creating blends of, of different tobaccos and uh, uh, different rolls and things like that. So it's very similar to to um, being a chef or being, you know, um, cooking food, creating well, recipes. Patrick, were you involved in the production of them as well? Rolling cigars? Did you get into that as well? Um, I, let me tell you, I, I tried so hard to learn how to roll. So, you know, I can kind of roll a halfway decent one, but I'm not as good as the pros. <laughs> oh, let me tell you, when I was in Miami and I did weddings down there, every once in a while, they would have a, you know, like a, a cigar roller, cigar as, roller as part of their, mm-hmm. their, uh, event. And man, that was always special, at, at least for the boys. Some of the girls would try to get into it. You know, oh, let me have one of those cigars, but it just didn't look right and it didn't feel right, and it, you know, generally it was like them just trying to trying to fit in. But it, it really does feel more natural when a, a you know a manly man grabs a cigar and just you know lights up and and just has a chat with his boys. It's it's a a picture, a photo of of friendship, of good times, you know. So yeah, yeah, but I would say the past fifteen years, there's definitely been a a huge uptick of, uh, of female cigar smokers. <laughs> I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it. Equal rights for everybody. Oh. I'm, I'm all for it. You know, but being, well, right. yeah, it, it still seems like a guy thing, but let me tell you, there's, there's <laughs> a lot of uh, female cigar smokers out there now. All right. And they're very, they're more particular than the guys are. Um, <laughs> oh, for sure. They're going to come up with the, well, they'll probably have the best of the best cigars. Uh, you know, we could smoke Swisher sweets all day long. You know, and and they'll be yeah, picking up that premium stuff. If you're going to do it, do it right. It's kind of like that. Yes, sir. <laughs> yep. 
<laughs> so how long did the cigar business go? Um, up to about two and a half years ago. Wow, man. The guy had staying power. You sold a bunch of oh, All right. Did you sell those 10,000 cigars? How long did it take? Oh, yeah. How long did it take? Um, it didn't take that long at all. <laughs> it didn't take that long at all. And was um, that was that down in South Florida or was that in the, in, in the middle, in Central Florida? That was everywhere. Well, I was selling nationwide. Wow. What, were you driving or flying everywhere or was it mail order? Um, mostly um, driving because, um, you know, cigar shops are kind of that, that they, they like the old way of doing things. You, you got to make a sale in person. You can't. You can't just call up a cigar shop and expect to make a sale. They want to, they want to see you in person. They, you know, they want you to, to you know, try the cigar in front of you. That type of thing. Oh yeah, and I can imagine Patrick Lafice in his uh, convertible Delta eighty eight. No, what, what kind of car were you driving cross country? Pickup truck. <laughs> Pickup truck. Cowboy hat on. Yeah, that's that's always kind of been my trademark. It has to be, man. It just it just makes you feel the part. You know, if you're going to be selling cigars or, or you know, feel you, know, you put that that hat on, if you wear it right, man. I mean, I've had a cowboy hat. It just didn't take, you know, I, it, some <laughs> some people can do it. Some people have that that, you know, you grew up on a ranch. It's in your blood. You know, you, you you've had you've you've had the DNA and you put that cowboy hat on and it just completes the image. You are the southern fellow, man. <laughs> I actually um, I actually visited a store one time. Without my hat on, I visited them a couple times before with my hat on, and I just left the hat in the truck one day. And I walked in, and you know nobody was paying me any attention, you know. So I was like, "This is weird," you know. So I walked up to the owner, and I'm like, "Hey, you know, it's Patrick with uh, uh, Common Roots, you know, what's going on?" And he looked at me. He's like, "Man, I didn't even recognize you without your hat on." Yeah. Uh, so you know, it's it, you know the men with hats, man. It's like drill sergeants. It's like the captain of the ship, man. You put that hat on. It shows that you're in charge. You mean business. It completes the outfit. Excellent. Hey, I'm I'm getting I'm learning some stuff. This is a learning podcast. Patrick Lafice, the Southern fellow. Ah, man, we're learning about you too. And so up to two and a half years ago, and then you made a change. What happened? Um. Well, um, I started having uh. uh uh, health issues. I actually started having um, seizures. Oh no! What happened? Um, was it caused actually, by something? Um, still continues on to this day. Was it caused by something? Was it? Is it an epilepsy, or did did you get hit um, or hurt? From, um, well, uh, seizures in adults is kind of hard to diagnose, right? Um, but they keep kind of leaning more towards um, epilepsy. Yeah. Um, my my best friend in the whole world has epilepsy since he was a a kid, you know, and, and just, it, it, it changed them. I mean, are you able to drive? Nope. Not right now. Not right now. I've been for two and a half years. Yeah. He had to, he had to go off. And I mean, after he got, he got to be an adult, he, he got his meds all right. And now he's driving. He's, he's back to good. So, man, I have hope for you. Oh, actually he, he got brain surgery a few years back and it completely changed him like that. Michael's, Michael J. Fox surgery that uh, kind of fixed oh, him wow. up too, you know. So yeah, there is hope. Technology is great, man. Yeah. So what have you been but doing with having, your life? I was having uh, surgery quite a bit. I'm oh. not surgery. I was having seizures quite a bit back then, and yeah. um, now it's about twice a month. 
So you got some good medicine that, that that's helping you out? Yeah, it's well, I haven't been really on medicine because huh. um, uh, I just recently, uh, let me tell you, trying to find a neurologist, you know, it takes about six months to even get an appointment, you know, so. Oh, yeah, the good um, ones are booked up. I've only appointments so far. No, I believe you. I believe you. I know that, that when, I, when he was growing up, he, he used to say, oh, yeah, these pills would, would tranquilize a horse. They would knock, uh, you know, knock a horse down, and he needs them just to keep his head working right. So there wasn't any trauma that caused it at all, Patrick? Um, no, no, not that anybody can tell me. Wow. All right. So what are you doing with your life uh, for the past two and a half years, Patrick? Well, um, when this all started to happen, um, I ended up uh, um, um, selling my name for my cigar company and everything. Uh, to another company and because uh, I couldn't travel anymore right? The, the way I was and so I was like you know I can't can't do what I'm doing so you know um, I gotta stop that and you know um, reevaluate what I'm doing with my life yeah and um, you know obviously by that time with all those type of changes you know I was getting pretty depressed with things and stuff like that you know it was just not a um not a positive change, you know, so you're, you're, you're mentally adjusting yourself to, you know, not being able to drive, not being able to do some of the things that you're used to doing and, um, that type of thing. So, um, you know, I kind of went back to my cooking roots and, uh, you know, kind of backtracking a little bit, you know, going back to what we're talking about with culinary school and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You know, people think we go to culinary school and we learn a bunch of great recipes and those recipes, you know, carry us on with the rest of our life. But as I was telling you, you know, with like the mother sauces and everything, we basically learn equations and you can plug in, you know, like Alfredo sauce, you plug in Parmesan, you know, a little bit of garlic, whatever, black pepper, you know, to make Alfredo sauce, you know, using a bechamel, you know, as the base, right. you know, so um, we don't think about that, but you know, once you get thinking like that, you don't think about recipes. So uh, tons of friends and family, family, you know, was always asking me for recipes. You know, I'd make something and I and I'd say, I don't have the recipe, you know, I just kind of did it, you know. Um, um, so I didn't write anything down. So, um, you know, so I, I got to thinking about that point of, you know, of, of um creating recipes you know writing down recipes and you know giving them out to people some some way somehow so um i was like you know let me build a website so i kind of tinkered around with some of the other you know some of the simple do-it-yourself kind of website type of stuff and it just you know i'm a visual person and it just was not looking the way that i thought it should look and uh so I, um, so I was like, well, you know, I got plenty of time. So let me get on YouTube and let me start to learn coding. <laughs> and boy, was that a big mistake for me. <laughs> um, I struggled with it and struggled with it. I, I got kind of, you know, decent with it just cause I struggled with it so much. But, um, anyhow, I came across, um, a program that, uh, I use for my website today, um, called Elementor. It's kind of like a web plug-in you know that builds so you can build a website kind of more visually mm -hmm. and um so i was off to the races you know i started to post recipes and doing that type of stuff and you know just making recipes just you know 
making recipes out of my house. And um, during this time and kind of previous before, I was I've been talking to uh, this girl, uh, Aaron Pete Luke's out of Colorado, and uh, she had a bluegrass band, or still does. We're fixing to do another, you know, Instagram live video with her, but um, she has a bluegrass band called Thunder and Rain, and we started talking one day, and you know, she was she was down. She's like, you know, nobody, you know, DJs, radio personalities, stuff like that. You know, nobody gives us, you know, it's hard for a new artists or new group to get out there, you know, yeah. the radio has got to play it because, you know, people don't go out looking for new music as much as people think they do. You know, um, people just don't, people like what they like, you know, and they continue on with their life, you know? Oh yeah. People got to uh, be turned on to music. I, I know I used to peruse the record stores as a baby DJ and, uh, the, the, the record store owner would always uh, tell me, Oh, that those records are brand new. If you want to take a listen, uh, go in that booth over there, and I would listen. Wow, yeah. that's a great beat. That's fantastic. And then I would buy the record. But without that record store, without that that uh, record store owner turning me on to that music, I would not know a thing. So now we're we're leading into what Patrick Lafice, the Southern Fellow, is doing now. Yeah. Yes, you're into food, but you're also into talking to musicians. And there, let me tell you, there's a lot of pretty ladies out there that know how to play music. And you're talking to all of them. <laughs> I see a couple of fellas in there, a couple of couple of dudes, but for the most part, yeah, you're well, talking to some pretty well, girls. We'll get to that for a second. <laughs> uh, let me go back to Aaron P. Luke's because this is an important transition. Okay, let's go. Uh, so I was talking to her, and you know, I was like, I have a website. I was like, I post recipes, but I don't, I don't know, you know, how good that's going to be for you, you know, because I'm not, you know, um, the boot or taste of country or all these other, you know bigger, you know, website, uh, music websites. Mm. I said, but I have a website. So I said, you know, give me, give me a few days and let me think about something that I can do that could possibly help you. You know, she's like, okay, you know, that's cool. You know, whatever we can do it. And so I thought about it and I said, you know, um, by this time I was starting to get some pickup from Pinterest with the recipes. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, people coming to my website, you know, looking for recipes. So I was like, um, I don't really want to just throw this music thing out there and get away from, you know, what I have originally established. And um, so I thought about it. I said, you know, what I'll do is I'll do an interview. And around that interview is, you know, we'll create a recipe. That way I have my recipe. She has her music thing. We're going to smash the two together and serve it as one dish. Yeah. That fits so and, well, man. Southern food and, and Southern singing. Beautiful. Yeah. So I did that. And uh, literally it was uh, about two weeks later. Um, within the same week, I received a phone call from uh, two publicists and an artist out of Nashville that just happened to come across that article. And, uh, they asked me if I could do the same thing for them. So that's how our Feed the Band series got started, where we interview music artists, and then we uh, you know, create a recipe around that interview, around that artist or group. What a concept. Patrick Lafice, man, coming up with something new, putting two, two things that you love together and, and making something great, man. I've seen some of your interviews. They're fantastic. You 
it looked like you have such a, a whole bunch of fun uh, just talking to these folks and and getting their music out there. And then you you make a a recipe. See, I didn't catch that part. You make a recipe around that. Uh, so for example, what did you what recipe did you make around uh, this young lady? Uh, Aaron Pink Loose. Um, I made uh, I made two recipes. And I made a pasta dish, and I can't remember now. Then I made like a um, a barbecue pork poor boy. It has some goat cheese and some uh, fancy stuff to it. Again, this was my first interview. Oh, you're making my mouth water, Patrick. Two, two years ago, you're making my mouth water. I'm already wanting some <laughs> of that. I need a po' boy <laughs> taking me down to New Orleans. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful, man. And, and once again, that's the the French background that you have, man. It's in the blood. You, you have to be a good cook. It, 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 you had no other choice but to be a good cook. But tell me about music. I mean, what got you into music? Was uh, was there always music in the house, or or uh, was this something you came at, at all on your own? No. Um, um, we're getting kind of to the core of Southern Fell. I mean, I've always enjoyed music, but I have never considered myself like a uh, you know, a super music nerd, you know, I was, I've never, you know, went to concerts every weekend and, you know, did all that, you know, type of stuff, you know, that, that, that people that are really involved with music do, um, you know, I was just a casual listener, uh, like most people, um, what brought me into music was just, um, basically just wanted to help Aaron out. That's, that's, that's what brought me to music. And that's what, um, you know, we call Southern Fellow, and I know you call me the Southern Fellow, but I, I really look at it as a family because, you know, since I've reached out to artists, artists reached out to me, we really support each other. It's not just me, because let me tell you, I could, I could get a lot more, uh, a lot more people involved with Southern Fellow if I, wrote about Carrie Underwood or if I wrote about uh, Tori Kelly or, or somebody like that, but everybody's doing that. Yeah. I just always, you know, I just have the heart for the people, um, you know, that are working uh, to do what they need to do just like I was. So, you know, that's why I always do, you know, um, fairly new artists. Um, and it's just, you know, we've become a family, not only just me and the music, but like, you know, just the people that follow us, you know, we, we support each other. So uh, that's why, you know, you, uh, your listeners, you know, to your podcast and all that, you know, you're now part of this family. You know, it's just uh, a bunch of people that support each other. Hey, Patrick LaFice, you're helping out the little guy. And that's beautiful. I mean, that's what we have to do. Everybody's got a story. And I knew you had a story, man. You, you have, and, and like it or not, you are the face of Southern Fellow. <laughs> you know, if people think of, Southern Fellow, which is a great website, uh, southernfellow.com. Check that out. And did you build that all yourself using that program you're talking about? Uh, what was it? Eliminator? Yeah. Elementor? It's called Elementor. Yeah, I did that, but I kind of moved past that, and I started learning a little bit about some coding and CSS and stuff like that. You know, just I'm constantly teaching my stuff. You know, everything that I do, as new stuff, you know, um, um, even with the music, you know, I went to, uh, I actually 
participating in a songwriter's retreat, you know, no music experience, no songwriting experience. But, you know, I went to a songwriter writer's retreat in Orlando to, to educate myself, you know, so I'm constantly, you know, with website, with music, with food, you know, I'm constantly, you know, trying to educate myself, you know, each and every day pretty much is, is what it takes. No, you develop an interest and, and you go for it, man. It, it, you know, even if you don't play an instrument, do you play any instruments at all? Or are you trying? Uh, no, everybody's trying to, to get me. I, I played piano when I was a kid yeah. uh, for about four years, but you know, that was kind of at the behest of my parents and, you know, not because I wanted to do it type of thing. Uh, but, um, you know, so I, I know a little bit of music theory and, and stuff like that, just through that. But as far as, um, you know, I can probably play Mary Had a Little Lamb in the <laughs> first part of release or something like that you know yeah but your but, your uh, area of expertise is promotion you're promoting the the new guys the new people that need to be uh put out there in the forefront they they need a little a little food a little bread and butter and, and yeah. man your website it's it's so well done it's very visually pleasing uh, you know right on top you have of course your merch you know to help you keep that thing going but then you have your your musicians and your recipes all right there for the people to see. I mean, some people don't want to give their recipes away. Uh, some people would have uh, made the Southern fellow cookbook and tried to sell it. Uh, are you, is that in the works? Is that something that's coming up? Uh, yeah, we're working on, um, we're working on a cookbook that's going to be very much um, similar to what we do with see the band. It's going to have, uh, uh, it's going to be a little thing about the artist and a little thing about the recipe and the recipe and, and all that good stuff. We're working on that cookbook, and um, we're also working on a uh, uh, spice and spice blend line. Man, Patrick Lafice, now you're talking. Now you're hustling. That is a perfect coffee table book. You know, while you're having your food, you could start. You can read about a, a band and go, "Oh, let me look them up on Spotify." Bam, get them a couple pennies per listen uh, while they're while you're cooking your food because music enhances. The 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 flea, the feeling and when you're when you're having a get together, it's music and food. There you go. Yeah, I think you've got a good time going on, and you're mixing it all together, Patrick Lafice. I love it. Yeah, Southern fellow. Yeah, and actually, um, you know, once I started getting into the, the music side of things, and you know, doing that type of thing, because you know, I'm not a a journalist or you know any type of. Uh, level of uh, writing as you know, as most probably required from other news outlets. Um, but, um, you know, it's just, uh, we, we, um, you know, I, I just did the best that I, that I could. And, um, a friend of mine, uh, that I made, she was actually one of the first publicists that reached out to me. And, uh, you know, I was talking to her one day and, um, you know, I was like, Hey, I, I, you know, I've been doing my research and I've been reading all these other music websites and I'm like, you know, from what I'm looking at, I'm doing this completely wrong. You know, you're supposed to send me what I'm supposed to write. You know, I just plug it into my website and, uh, you know, off we go with it. And, uh, she was like, if you ever do that, I'm never sending you another artist again. Yeah. She's like, what you do is so unique, so different. Yeah. She's like, if you change it up, you're just going to be like everybody else. Exactly. And, you know, there is no wrong way. There is no right way, but there is the Southern fellow way. You're a person that likes people and likes to promote people. And yeah, if you make a couple bucks along the way, 
that's what we do. If you could, if you could turn something you love into a job, you'll never be working a day in your life. And that's what you're doing, man. I mean, how, how's the response on this? Are, are you able to make a living doing this or is this something that's helping you to supplement yeah. a little bit? No, no, it's, it's, it's growing. Um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, um, I, you know, I'm not, a, uh, I, let me tell you, I've been I'm the poorest of my life, but the happiest in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I am making something, but, uh, um, you know, it's growing and pretty much, you know, everything that I try to make, uh, we put back in it. We just had, um, uh, we're starting to get into the, the, the female thing, but, um, <laughs> I just had, uh, um, our first ever concert series at uh, uh, Destination Daytona during uh, uh, race week, the Saturday before the Daytona 500. We had our first concert, and uh, under our, um, we have a bunch of Spotify playlists. I just search for Southern Fellow on Spotify, but we have uh, Southern Fellow's 2019 artists to watch, and then um, our most popular one is um, uh, now I'm going the blank. <laughs> uh, uh, Southern Fellows new, new Queens of Country And um, I just did a concert um, Under that flag With uh, We had five artists um, And a lot of people Out here in Daytona um, So we did our first Ever concert uh, With food trucks And the whole shebang um, And it turned out really good That is cool as can be Patrick Lafice Man I'm, I'm looking at the website And there's just so So much to see And you're your promotion is um, uh, is fantastic. I mean, I see you have uh, Melanie Marini, Artist of the Year. You get to talk to these folks. You're making long lasting relationships uh, with people. You're making friends. You're you're actually having good conversations. You're not uh, shoving your face in a phone and and looking online at social media. You're talking to people. You're, you're doing little little videos. Tell me about the luncheonette. Um, the luncheonette is kind of just like. Um um, it's more of a song review, um, um, cause I try to keep, you know, kind of once I do the see the band with an artist, it's kind of like a one and done. And then we kind of go back. Cause a lot of the questions are more personal questions, mm-hmm. not necessarily related to music. Um, so you can learn about, you know, the artists a little bit more, but, you know, go listen to the music, you know, for me just to blab on about the music is kind of, you know, stupid. You just, you know, you know, go to Spotify or wherever you stream your music and listen to it. But, um, uh, so, you know, we kind of update, feed the band, you know, every six months, every year with the artists for their new music, new music video, um, that type of thing. Cause it, plus it helps me out, you know, cause they're constantly promoting, you know, that interview. Um, but, um, the luncheonette is uh, just like a, a short song review, mm. um, from artists that we've already featured, you know, they come out with a new artist and it's just another way for me to talk about their new music and give them another plug and, you know, introduce, you know, people that have been following us to, to new music, you know, cause that's, um, part of what we're all about is, you know, introducing people to artists that they wouldn't go out normally looking for. Well, you're a very nice Southern fellow, Patrick Lafice. That is super what you're doing to the, for these people. You're not only giving them a full interview such as we're, we're doing right now but you're as soon as they come up with something new you, you give them a little bump you know a new song is out there bam let me uh let me put that on the website and and give them a little a review on that on that song and maybe more ears will be listening to that on spotify and get them a couple more pennies in their pocket 
I know they don't make much from Spotify. It's a, a lot better if you buy the song off of Apple iTunes or Amazon and and, they, and the artist well, gets it's a, merch. That's where that's merch. where beginning artists make their money is merch. That's so it. If you have a, a favorite new band, that that's how you support them. Buy a t-shirt, buy a hat, buy a shot glass, whatever they're selling, you know, buy something like that. That's where they they really um make their money. That is a good tip, Patrick Lafice, man. Uh, you know, after the the concert's over, the little uh, go visit the, with, visit with the artists at their merch table and buy some of their wares. And that's and get to know them and give them some feedback because uh, the feedback is also another way to support that, that. That makes them keep going. You know, it gives them an idea of, hey, am I doing something that people like? You know, and and, and people artists when they create something, they want to know that they're doing something that that people are enjoying. And so your feedback is is very appreciated for the artists. So you get to go to some of these concerts. Have you, have you met up with a lot of these artists or is this interviews that you're doing over the phone or Instagram? Um, we do, um, most of our interviews over the phone or zoom or mm. uh, whatever. There's been people that, um, um, you know, we're, you know, I've become really good friends with, uh, um, that we've never, uh, Stephanie Ryan is one, one person we've never met face to face, but you know, we're really good friends, you know, so it's, it's going to be like, uh, you know, uh, when we meet, it's going to be kind of like, you know, just like a, a continuation rather than, you know, something, you know, new, uh, that type of thing. So, um, um, but I've met quite a few people, you know, face to face and, mm -hmm. um, that type of thing, you know, that's always best, you know, when you're doing an interview, it's very important, you know, uh, to be able to look in somebody's eyes or body language or, or something like that, you know, cause you know, there's stuff that, that just people, uh, don't communicate well verbally, but they communicate well, uh, more better with their body. I do like my face to face in studio interviews real nice, but I've had a good time with you on the phone. Patrick Lafice, the Southern fellow. I appreciate you so much, man, for coming on. The what makes you famous no, podcast. I, I appreciate it, Dan. I, this is this has been great. Oh yeah. Um, you know, thank you for putting out a Southern Fellow, and you know what we what we do. Um, thank you so much again. I mean, um, please welcome to the family. You know, <laughs> welcome all your listeners to the family because um, that's what it is. That's what it is. Yeah. If any of your artists want to want to be put on Radio What, I have that Radio What dot com, and and we'll give them a spin. You know, uh, be happy to play play some good new artists I, I like breaking new artists myself uh, i have a whole a whole file full that that i play uh, at least once an hour uh, you know a couple couple new artists in there uh, give them a, a little that, shout that's good oh for that's, sure man and we got more feed the band coming it's been kind of slow right now because <laughs> i'm here in florida whatever reason man the grocery stores are empty man and i need groceries to be able to create recipes so it's been a, a <laughs> for whatever reason us, but uh please follow me on instagram too at southern fellow uh underscore we got a lot of uh mini concerts and uh kind of uh instagram live interviews coming up uh, with all these artists and stuff like that and um it's gonna be fun because you know I, I pretty much know all these people already so um you know i get to ask them questions other people won't be able to ask them so well patrick Lafice, I i'm looking for that cookbook uh, you know, with the uh, the recipe and the artist that the recipe was made for, uh, you know, so I'm looking for that Southern Fellow cookbook coming up real soon. I, I expect it. <laughs> no, but uh, coming up on the horizon, are, 
are you going to be uh, able to get back to work and, and get into a kitchen or, or is this what you're doing to pass the time away as being the Southern fellow online? No, this is, this is what I'm, I'm, I, I, you know, even if I'm able to, to get back to somewhat normal, um, this is, this is what we're pushing. This is what we're doing. This is, this is it. Oh yeah. This is definitely a good way to focus your, your attention, your life, man. Breaking out some new artists, getting people to listen to something a little bit different. You know, you know, there was a, a time when all these artists that are on the radio making number one hits, they were brand new and you're, you're helping those brand new to get it, get their music out there and possibly they'll be on the top 40 at, at one day, you know, and, and thank you so much for that, Patrick Lafitte, Southern fellow. Well, uh, and you think we got it or you need, you got any other avenues, uh, that you want to explore? Well, I just, um, you know, we, you, you kept talking about the, uh, the, the ladies that we feature and we feature a lot of, a lot of female artists. Um, and, uh, I'm just going to tell you, uh, this is going to be a pretty, uh, frank conversation, uh, which I know you like the real stuff. Um, but, um, it's just, um, guys just don't put in the work. <laughs> that's what it is that is exactly what it is uh you're a gentleman um, you know southern fellow we put out you know leads to artists and publicists and and most of the times when i do get a guy it's because they have a female publicist that's, <laughs> that's handling everything you know that's pushing them along but um you know it's just one of those things you know we're happy to have guys we we want to have guys you know just as much as girls and I'm going to be honest with you too. You know, before I started Southern Fellow, I probably only listened to maybe two female artists, you know, um, it just wasn't a thing for me. So, um, um, the ladies just, you know, the ladies, especially in country music, just kind of force fed me their music to where I had to pay attention. So, um, well, Pat, you know, Patrick, that, that is long time coming. I mean, the, the, the ladies always had to work twice as hard to get half as much in country music and in any kind of music, uh, generally, yeah, it's, it's, just like anything else. Even in pop, you know, there's yeah. a lot of pop female artists, but it's, it's still the same thing there. Cause I feature some, I don't, I don't never particularly focus on country. Mm-hmm. It's just, um, Nashville is such a welcoming place. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, you start talking to those people and they're like, you know, Hey, go check out this guy. Hey, my buddy, you know, he just came up with a new song, you know, go check out that. Pop, not so much. Pop is kind of, you know, uh, this is me and I don't know who else, you know, <laughs> you can get. But um, but um, we have featured, uh, you know, some, some good pop artists too. So Yeah, looking um, at your most recent Feed the Bands, you got uh, Brian Frazier, Lisa Marie, Tara Thompson, uh, Mariah Dombey, uh, Bailey James, Carolyn Miller, and I already said the Artist of the Year, Melanie Marini. Uh, she's Melanie right there. Marini. On top. Marini, right there on top, man. And you're promoting them all. Appreciate that. I'm sure they appreciate that. It's fantastic, man. And you got some artists, you got some artists that I follow on Instagram that I, I get to see their, their, them singing into their, uh, into their Instagrams all the time. And it, it just puts a smile on my face as well. <laughs> you know, it seems like we follow yeah. uh, quite a few of the same people and, and you're turning me on to a lot of new artists. I'm going to have to give a follow to and, and take a listen and help me through my day as well. So, uh, yeah, that's good. That's I thank good. You for I actually that. have, I have about 30 artists lined up already. So, well, cool. Uh, we'll, cool. <laughs> well, all right, man. <laughs> Usually I finish these things off with the uh, last words for the people. And today it's Patrick Lafice, the Southern fellow. Uh, you can give some 
words of advice, words of wisdom that you live by, or just something that pops into your head at this moment in time? Patrick Lafice, the Southern Fellow, last words for the people. Well, last words of the people, words of wisdom. Um, I'm going to just say, be yourself, man. Don't try to be be anybody else. And, you know, I run into that with the music people and stuff like that, you know, that are trying to copy somebody, you know, to think that that's going to make them, you know, better or something. But it's just be yourself. You know, nobody can challenge that. Nobody can uh, put you down for that, you know. So just be yourself. <laughs> There you have it, party people. Patrick Lafice, just a small town boy, helping people out. That's right, getting people to uh, hear their creativeness and uh, hearing all the new artists. Man, Patrick Lafice, you had no choice but to be a great cook. And you are such a person amongst persons, man, just uh, making people feel good and talking to folks and, and promoting them. That's. It's very noble. It's very noble. Feeding the people and talking to the people and you built this nice website and you promote the people. You know, yeah. You sell some merch. The people sell their merch. They make some money. Roof over their heads. Food in their belly. Some of that food designed by you. I look forward to seeing that that cookbook. Uh, you better have it. You better come out real soon. Well, take your time. Get the Get the good recipes in there. And people will be eating that good Patrick Lafice, uh Southern fellow food forever and ever. <laughs> All right, my man. Thank you so much for being on the program, Patrick Lafice. If you'd like to tell your story, this time I'm talking to you, loyal listener. If you'd like to tell your story, I encourage you to give me a call at 501-470-6386 or email info at radiowhat.com. That's it for me. Keys Dan, RadioWhat.com, DJLittleRock.com. Peace. I'm out of here. Be on Radio What. Call 501-470-6386. Say your name, where you're from, and you're listening to what? The music you want is on RadioWhat.com. If you like what you hear, follow What Makes You Famous social media. Use the hashtag What Makes You Famous. Follow on Facebook at what makes you famous follow on instagram at what makes you famous follow on twitter at makes famous and follow on youtube at keys dan leave what makes you famous podcast a review and subscribe listen to what makes you famous podcast on podbean itunes youtube stitcher google podcast and spotify and almost anywhere you find podcasts tell your story on my podcast, What Makes You Famous. Call 501-470-6386 and leave a message to set up a time. You can support What Makes You Famous using the PayPal link, paypal.me forward slash keysdan. Email info at radiowhat.com. What Makes You Famous podcast is a production of Keys Dan Enterprises Incorporated at keysdan.com. Thank you for listening. Radio What, the music you want, with some words to live by. If we all threw our problems in a pile and viewed everyone else's, we'd grab ours back. A public service message from RadioWhat.com, the music you want. <laughs>